Welcome one and all to Umami Manga. I'm one of your hosts, Petter, and with me I've got my co-host, James. Sup? And our special guest, Lucas, coming back. Hey, hey! Thanks for having me again. Thanks for letting me be a part of this beautiful conversation here. Thank you for joining us. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Lucas is a friend of ours. He, he um, was first on our uh, Volume 4 discussion uh, back in January or whenever that was. Um, but yeah, now he jo he's joining us again for Volume 11, which, real quick backstory, I'm not going to go like waste a lot of time on this, but basically Lucas was supposed to come back already for the Volume 8 discussion. He ended up not being able to make it for that. Yeah, so... certainly felt felt really sick that day. That was right. Uh, it, was, it was a really awful day. Uh, let's just... That's just not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, he was supposed to after eight. He was supposed mm -hmm. to come back for the volume twelve discussion. But I changed it to eleven because, well, firstly, it, that that made it so that the wait wouldn't be as long. And also, I changed it to eleven because I know that this is Lucas this is my volume. This is, is... Uh, let, let, let <laughs> people let me welcome to welcome you to uh, Hayasaka Sama. Love is working overtime. This this whole volume <laughs> has been my, is is my thing. Yes, yes. Throughout this discussion, we're going to be talking about the characters one by one, and at the end, we'll, we'll talk about the comedy in this volume and about the romance in this volume. So, let's kick it off by talking about Kaguya Shinomiya. Ah, the, the little girl starts off with her problems uh, on the new phone and discovering messenger services. <laughs> yeah, she just knows next to nothing about the ways of a, of a smartphone, which you gotta take for granted. We've had smartphones for so long and i mean i don't know about you guys but when i was in high school smartphones were considered for the rich people <laughs> not necessarily the you know middle class uh military upbringing i was yeah it was still something something new back then yeah 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 it was, it was still something new and then when i got to college uh, and then a couple of years later that's when it became it was like everyone had smartphones so you had to learn all this new stuff so I guess it kind of harkens back to my own experience with understanding how apps work and everything like that. But um, mm. it obviously didn't have anything to uh, this extent with Kaguya. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Revealing, I guess. I, mean, I, I, I can understand it. I mean, if I would now, for the first time ever, open WhatsApp, um, the messenger service we use here in Germany the most. Yeah, there, was, there are these blue check marks once a person has like read and received a message, but nobody explains that to you. So like if, if there's True. nobody introducing you to it, <laughs> Like, there's just, okay, there's blue check marks. What the hell is it? Yeah, well, you don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, later on in the story, we see that, at least with studying, the phone has become a huge distraction for her. Yeah. Uh, partly because of the line app, but I think it's also just the new features and, and potential texting and whatnot that can come from having a, a new phone like that. So that that, that can be distracting. I, girl, I've been there. I, I struggle <laughs> with that. Not even... Uh, not even just it with school, but out, you know, with work and everything. <laughs> the phone is just such an easy <laughs> distraction. Totally. Uh, for various things, so it's it's funny. Even a, even a genius like her can be quickly distracted. Yeah. Um, although I bet she's secretly hoping for a text from Miyuki um, every time she hears a ping. But anyway. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, I think especially uh, Kaguya is really like receptive to this kind of distraction because if you think about it. Her only like social contacts and opportunities to like interact with the outside world, interact with her friends and normal people, well, hmm. normal people in quotation marks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but still, she only could do that at school when she like 
went outside to them when she actually went to meet them. And now she finally got the opportunity to be always connected to them. So sure. now being able yeah. to like always talk to your friends, to be just able to like, hey, someone wants to talk to me, not just because I'm mm-hmm. right next to them, I'm there, but because, well, they even if I'm not uh, physically there, they want to talk to me. They want to have something to do with me. It's, I think, a feeling that especially for her, is really distracting, is a big part why, well, she gets so much, uh, or she gives the phone so much uh, attention later in the studying arc. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I, I I had, like like Huggy, I, I also had a flip phone for a long time compared to most other people around me. Those um, were the shit, man. I, <laughs> I had, a, I had my, my flip phone until one year through college. And, oh, I think it was the same way. Oh, cool. <laughs> and it really, like, I didn't, before that, I couldn't understand, like, I didn't really see the appeal. I was like, well, I have this phone. I can send texts and I can make calls. Like, what else do I need? Uh, of <laughs> course, <laughs> there was a lot that I was missing out on. And you don't really, it's, or at least for me, it was hard to kind of understand what I was missing out on until I actually had it in my hands, kind of. And I, mm. I think it could be the similar similar with Kaguya, because... Oh, 100%. Yeah, I, I don't think she ever really thought of it as being as good as it is or as yeah, useful yeah. and yeah i mean she did really uh stay away from a smartphone for a long time on her own volition i think didn't she uh i mean yeah she she, she was like sentimentally attached to her flip phone because she had had it mm-hmm. for such so many years um, yeah and then oh yeah the, the the whole memory stuff was yeah well yeah 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 that was the previous volume i, I remember yeah but um one of my favorite parts or chapters from kaguya this well, actually, it was kind of two chapters. Um, her chapters with you, or well, mm-hmm. there was a chapter where she started tutoring mm-hmm. you, and, and well, well, she doesn't just tutor him; she actually gives him love advice, uh, right? Because he opens up to her, and he and or and she, um, well, she, I, I, I thought she was giving pretty good love advice, uh, <laughs> which is funny because of course, you know, it's far easier to give those to, to say those things than to actually do them. Exactly. <laughs> and even it really you know, is. and later on in the volume, you and Miyuki kind of do the same thing with Maki as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so oh, we had like going <laughs> like on two on two fronts. Kind of a, yeah. It's kind of a theme for this volume. Yeah. Everyone yeah. giving advice to everybody else, but not being able to actually put that advice <laughs> into action to their own lives. Right. Because they're all cowards. <laughs> Definitely. Just like me. <laughs> <laughs> and me. <laughs> <laughs> you're not alone <laughs> no but, yeah just like all of us no just kidding um, yeah um but I, I thought that was a really nice chapter though i mean it, it was kind of it had kind of been leading up since uh, a few volumes back where where kaguya helped um, you with like getting like lending him her dress and like kind of bonding with him that mm-hmm. way i think so i think that was when they started getting closer and now this is like proof of that uh relationship between yeah. them really having uh grown and continued to you know, be there. I think that's yeah. really sweet. I I agree. It to me, it's so almost fla- fa- flammy, f- f- family like mm. in that you know he's a little brother to her almost. I think I may have mentioned this in a, in a previous episode, but uh. I still feel it now. It's they have a nice friendship where they can, or at least Ishigami feels like he can open up to her and talk about some some of these things um, and. Kaguya wants to help him and support him just like she would a, a younger sibling or something like that. At least yeah. that's how I how I feel view it as. 
Um, and, and not just with the, the romancing, but helping him study and just do better in general uh, in his academics. I, I, you know, that's been an on, ongoing theme throughout the manga. And it's great that someone is willing to take the time to help him, to, to put expectations onto him. Mm-hmm. And it just shows how, in that case, it, uh, it, one, it shows how good of a friend Kaguya can be. But also, it's exactly what Ishigami needs for his own, you know, uh, sense of self-worth, you know, improving his um, lack of self-esteem. Yeah, mm. even, even if it's like little step-by-step step that we see here. Yeah, even if it's little step-by-step. Step, and I think Kaguya mm. is, is the perfect person to do that. Totally. Yeah. Also, I would say like the relationship between the two, it's, it's also shown in how she acts like in small details towards you. Um, towards the end, when they're uh, given their results of the exam, um, the, uh, the little fidget dance Kaguya did in the bathroom on the first exams, <laughs> uh, alone, away from public eyes, this time she did mm-hmm. it right in front of you. Uh, and also when mm. she was talking to him and was trying to like uh, say, like, yeah, you, you like Tsubama, right? And uh, like tries to encourage him and, e- and also like uh, tries to lure out what he truly wants to say it. Uh, you see her facial expressions and also uh, especially her eyes change a lot uh, during those conversations and yeah. how she acts towards him. And it's really different to how she normally acts to even uh, her other friends. It shows, um, I think, that Kaguya really is only like this to people where she feels really, really comfortable around. Mm. Um, to like be more of her like true self, to be more of like this changing person that can be serious and deceiving with cold eyes in one moment and more like uh, a cheekish little girl making fun of you in the next moment and this switching really is something that happens a lot around you which I think uh, shows how comfortable she really is with him and yeah. on a really friend level like this yeah. this whole thing of like yeah these two even if there is no love there is this brotherly love that uh, you mentioned that mm. you can feel between those two I agree Angry. Yeah, and the chapter, the first chapter in that little storyline, is called it, "It's Battle 104." Kaguya Shinomiya's impossible demand: a cowrie, a swallow give birth to. Part one. A long title, first of all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, uh, aren't we used to it by now? I mean, there's, there's <laughs> been a couple, but I feel like so far this might might be the longest one so far. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, do you guys know what that's a reference to? Let me read it again. Um, you know, I feel like I should, but as far from what I understand, or at least what I what I took from it is that Kaguya is taking the opportunity to you know ra- raise Ishigami, even though that he's kind of a different breed of person than she is. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know exactly what the story is. Right. So I mean, obviously, like I think the impossible demand might. Have or it, maybe it's up, to, up for debate, but I feel like the impossible demand referred to in the title is Kaguya basically basically telling you that he he must get like to the top fifty mm-hmm. uh, because that was basically mm-hmm. impossible for him to do, right? Because he gave it his all and still didn't make it, so it it was impossible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the the cowry that a swallow gave birth to is a reference to the tale of the bamboo cutter. Which again, oh. you know, it's one of those little things where this, where, where Kaguya, Sama, Love Is War, borrows things here and there from 
from the tale of the bamboo cutter about princess kaguya and basically just short little thing about like how, in what way that is referenced uh in that old tale princess kaguya has five suitors uh, five men who want to marry her but she doesn't want to marry any of them and so um in order to just kind of get rid of them she gives each of those men an impossible task for them to, to finish basically she tells each of them to fetch her something or to bring her something that's just literally impossible to get and so the the thing she asks for uh from one of the men uh is for him to bring a cowrie shell born from a swallow interesting ah so it's one of those little things <laughs> gotcha gotcha you know hold give me give me one sec guys i, I gotta look up what subame is in japanese because subame may be swallow oh yeah subame is subame is a barn swallow oh so interesting. that may be it may be implying the um you know the potentially impossible task of um ishigami and subame getting together interesting definitely the fact that her name is that her name means swallow that that's really cool mm-hmm. exactly i mean I, i'm not saying I, I don't know how the story goes or anything like that it's just it's interesting because um, i didn't i didn't think too much about her name and and swallow until you brought up that story right. and i was like wait a minute isn't subame a type of bird so right cool i'm, I'm, I'm just <laughs> sitting here like the typical manga reader being like yeah those are cool names and then then here i'm suddenly like oh yeah there's this reference that like completely makes <laughs> sense and swallow and you're just like what what <laughs> <laughs> james can you believe that you and i are teaching lucas something new about <laughs> i feel honored <laughs> chapter 218 and i and, and, and i feel ashamed <laughs> yeah. i'm not worthy <laughs> I'm, just glad, I'm just glad it goes both ways that, that that it's not just you coming up with like these good observations um but yeah that's uh yeah that, that that's really cool that's really cool um, and you know, I, I'm always on the lookout for these little references and mm-hmm. stuff and nods to the tale of the bamboo cutter. I think that's Please always fun. Continue. <laughs> um, going back to Kaguya, unless anybody had any more things on that, mm. I guess it's more about the father. I mean, what a bum not coming to the, the parent teacher conference and not, it's not just parent teacher conference. It's what the second years want to do with, you know, with college and, and careers. You, you, yeah. Any normal a parent usually would be there to support their son or daughter in in what's potentially a, a pivotal moment in their life. And he clearly is not there. He doesn't care in the same way as other. I mean, maybe maybe there is some sort of endearment in the fact that she has my blood and therefore that I will make sure she has good marriage prospect or something, whatever. I don't know. But clearly it's it's not a close relationship and and one that he he probably doesn't expect much for her other than you're you're going to be a great wife one day kind of a thing i mean she has brides bridegroom training or you know bride mm. training yeah I mean, no one normally goes through that in this day of time he really doesn't care for her as as a person i would say right he doesn't care for her as a person yeah you're totally mm. totally right yeah i mean yeah it's super tragic really Anything more about Kaguya? Yeah, yeah. With the scene of Hayasaka and Kaguya with the battle with the battle web, it's like 
I really like that scene. I mean, Kaguya here, like, she didn't do anything. She just got rented to, which was, like, the big, like, emotional uh, impact of that, of that chapter, I would say. I feel like for Kaguya, it became normal that Hayasaka is just there to help her out and to go to all lengths to do it for somehow. Yeah, she, she takes her for granted until this volume. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, she's my sister, but those actions are just for granted. And the first time now she's hearing, like, no, this isn't a normal thing. Yeah, I think, honestly, that, that is one of the biggest steps, I think, in Kaguya's character journey, this, mm-hmm. uh, this volume. It was when she, well, she basically is told straight up that, yeah, she hasn't been treating um, Hayasaka as well as she maybe should have. And, mm-hmm. and to really come to terms with that. And, and, and also immediately take action to, to improve that. Uh, yeah. So, you know, she, she dealt with it nicely, really well. But it, you know, maybe she should have or could have realized it sooner. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Miyuki Shirogane. MC Shirogane killed it this volume. Bro, <laughs> laying down sick beats, laying down the truth. Yes. <laughs> I love, first of all, I love how it was teased in the previous volume with just that, with that one panel. Yes, mm. it was. <laughs> we, we were talking about it. And I think I said something like, they don't have to show it because it was really perfect. I mean, if they do, that, that's fine too. But I thought it was, the joke was nailed it. Yeah. And, they go in, and they go into depth. It's like, oh, okay, that's fine. Let's go. We're doing this. Okay, yeah. I'm ready. Uh, and it was much, it was so much better than I imagined. It really is. I mean, it's like what I love the most about this, about that little arc, I guess you could call it, is the, is like just how, how much effort Miyuki puts into helping Hayasaka out by, by, you know, giving her the message of, you know, how you need to kind of let go of your, those personas and you got to be mm-hmm. yourself and there's nothing wrong with being yourself. Like th- th- that's a beautiful message in its own. And the way he, the way he delivered it or the effort he put into delivering it was just so admirable, I think. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It, it, it's, it's on point for Miyuki, but mm. you know, it, it makes sense why he would want to tell her in rap when he revealed such a, you know, big weakness to her uh, yeah. that he can't mm-hmm. rap. Uh, is anyone else surprised that Miyuki likes rap? Like that that kind of that kind of took me by surprise a little bit. I I didn't <laughs> think bit. he would be. No, yeah, yeah, um, never. But anyway, so it's I'm I'm glad he, he another thing he's able to overcome is that and I'm glad he was able to get out his message in in a way that really spoke to Hayasaka, I think. Yeah, yeah, totally. You have to say for me uh this music uh or like teaching Miyuki something uh uh, chapter or chapters in in, in this volume, uh, I like the most because here this one I it is tied to something more story relevant I would say or something more like mm-hmm. character relevant. Yeah. So absolutely, for sure. It, it, it the others were like more on the chokey side. Of course, there is still it's still canon, it's still character development and stuff. But here, the first time I felt like hey, uh, this is not like some uh, spin off or like some filler episode in anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Talking about Miyuki, I am just flabbergasted that he wants to go to Stanford. Yeah. Like, what? Yes. Where did that come from? <laughs> this man has been studying French. He, I mean, he's such a hard worker. I mean, you know, he. I don't know if he knows English. So why why is he all of a sudden like I'm gonna go to Stanford? Did your dad go to Stanford? Is it is this something we didn't know before? Like, I am generally confused why. He wants to go to California of of all places. I just, 
I mean, California's great and all, but, well, <laughs> depending on who you ask. But to me, it's like, what purpose does going to an American college, what does it accomplish? Other than it being prestigious, I guess. I don't know more, like, other than that. Uh, obviously, I, I, I can't, I think Lucas and I can't really speculate here because we kind of know a little bit, a little bit at least going forward. So allow me to speculate then. Go for it. Yep, please. please. <laughs> I think one potential reasoning, especially based on, you know, how they're always trying to one-up each other. Well, not one-up, but get the other to confess. Maybe, uh, man, this is probably a little bit of a stretch. Oh. Maybe he's saying or thinking, if I say that I'm going to go overseas for school then it will force anybody who has feelings for me, hint, hint, Kaguya, to confess to me. Problem mm. is, why Stanford? And, you know, this it seems a bit convoluted. That sounds almost like something Kaguya would do. <laughs> also, I would, I would probably add to that uh, theory uh, just that uh, in, in the last page, he said, like, yeah, when the culture festival's over and she didn't confess by then, I will do it. That's how the volume ends. So, that's true. He did. He does. He does literally say, "I will confess my love." It's it's something in the volume where I first felt, "Hey, boys, we're going somewhere." A good point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that yeah, that does kind of put another dink into my theory. You know, other than that, I can't think exactly why he would feel compelled to go to. Other than maybe, since my standing as a commoner is so low compared to her. I mean, it's not like they have nobility classes anymore, but to her you know, high society ways mm. uh, that I need to go to a foreign prestigious school in order to bump up my <laughs> my status. And I don't know why it requires to go to America or any other foreign nation. There's plenty of good, very good colleges in Japan. So I don't anyway. Um, that's also just speculation from me but as as far as I know from someone that I talked to in Japan it's like when you work with outside companies and have outside contacts and stuff that's highly valuable because Japan is often very closed off and having connections or like the ability to communicate or have like contacts from university and stuff to the outside to America Europe and stuff that is often valuable to companies in Japan so I guess raising your standing that way especially in a more closed off or culturally different country than uh, the Western world. Um, something like this could give you a big benefit, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess. It depends on what you want to do with the, with your business. I mean, it, yeah. well, a lot, a, a lot of business people, uh, especially the higher ups are, depending on how global their company is, yes, they're going to want you to start learning English, especially if you have to mm. communicate with, you know, American or European branches. I just don't know. I don't know exactly what Miyuki wants to do um, as a career. Yeah. So I, I, I guess that depends. Anyway, that's all I have on speculation-wise. Um, I'm really excited to see if, you know, we finally get something with that that statement of his. Um, he seems he seems pretty adamant about it. Definitely. Um, what I really love about the like the ending of this whole volume is how. He, he gives himself this deadline. And yeah. j- just the fact that he does that, that is just that one small thing, but just the fact that there is a deadline now really kind of ups the excitement, I feel. Like, now we know yeah. that 
that at that you know the upcoming at the end of the upcoming uh, culture festival, something will hopefully have happened. At least if he sticks to this, um, mm-hmm. like if it, it might be before that, it might be then, or it might not. But like at least the way we're meant to be thinking right now is that something is going to happen soon, and. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. super exciting. Yeah, it's it, it's like from 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 these little skirmishes in between, it it seems like at the horizon we finally see a big battle uh, of love. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, uh, do we got anything more on Miyuki? In the in the chapter where, the study chapter, the test chapter, you know, he's it, it starts off the same way, um, <laughs> yeah. and everything. Yeah. But but. He is just downright devious when it comes to getting that top grade. You know, he's telling people, go take a break or, or I mean, last time he was saying does, studying in the last minute doesn't help or whatever. And then, his, But his face after he says that is just so kind of uh, trickstery and, and, and devious. You, you don't really see that face from him very often. So True. it's kind of <laughs> shocking to see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, when he needs to be, or well, at least in this case, he'll do anything he can to yep. to get what he wants. Get that <laughs> get get that number one spot. Totally. Yeah. Alright then. Let's talk about Chika Fujiwara. The girl with the many talents. Yeah, I guess. Like, <laughs> how talented is that girl? <laughs> like holy holy shit, she is there is there something that that girl can't do? I mean She can't draw. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> and and she couldn't rap at the beginning of this, but it mm-hmm. was a fresh take on the teacher teaches Miyuki mm-hmm. chapters to actually have both of them teaching each other. I really enjoyed exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> that 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 is like my number one point. Mm. It, like you said, it was so refreshing and yeah. I think for Chika it kind of gave her a bit of development, kind of opened up her mind to a new way of, you know, mm. musical expression for someone yeah. who's so um into that uh type of art it's nice to see her broaden her horizons in that sense and yeah this whole thing was more more so of a of a joke than character uh progression but to me as as a as a chica fan that i feel like she's not been getting that much uh in terms of progression i think this was really nice to see even even a little bit yeah. It's it's not at the level of Hayasaka, <laughs> nowhere near. But you know, I'm, I'm glad we got this. And I'll be honest, her comedic parts in 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 especially these three or four chapters were so funny that I was okay. It's fine. You're just you're so precious and hilarious. I love you. Yeah, and you know, honestly, like <laughs> kind of sort of on that note, I feel like when with Chica, since we don't get as much like I guess proper character development stuff. It's like we take the comedy stuff and kind of twist it into <laughs> thinking about it as if it was character development. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I do that it's as well. And like, we, we, have, we have to grasp what you get. Totally. <laughs> much yeah. I'm totally grasping tired. at straws. <laughs> I think um, we all do. Yeah. Yeah. In, in general, I would say it sounds so weird when talking about uh, Chica, but when you look at the other characters, I think she's the most craziest, but also the most grounded in like where she is like yeah. she, she knows where she is she knows where when she chokes about like what do you want to become in the future and just <laughs> chokes about yeah i want to be prime minister yeah. well all yeah. well, about that how, how much how how serious do you think she was if at all no she was joking 
I, I I know she said she was joking, but if she would get the opportunity, she would. She totally would. I I I would agree. Exactly. <laughs> That's this is this is called grasping at straws. So, you, know, we, you know, like we say, it's obviously played off as a joke, but maybe there's a little hint of something that she wants to be proud. No, I'm I'm kidding. I, I mean, who knows? She's she she was wanting to, you know, help Miyuki become class president and and. Um, being be his spokesperson or whatever. True. Uh, she, she she thinks highly of herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, no. But I I I totally <laughs> understand that it was a joke. Um, just fun. It, it, it was like the, the the fun part about that to me about that little gag was how at first it doesn't seem like a joke, like, like as if she is joking. Yes. And you know even the guy the teacher in front of her like oh shit. I mean I believe she's serious. I believe I believe her. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, but it's like, and, and then and then she said like, yeah, you're supposed to laugh, and like her dad there's like, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Like, he, she, obviously, she and her father have the same sense of humor, so they understand when they're joking. Uh, so I think it was, I think it absolutely was clearly her joking, right, right, but right. but it's funny. It's still funny, I think. How, I guess, to see that kind of humor from her. I don't think we've seen exactly that kind of humor from her in the past. <laughs> like just that kind of dry, kind of not super obvious. Joking. <laughs> yeah. Also, the self-awareness about herself. Yeah. Honestly. How, how that would never that would that doesn't really fit her image, I guess. Yeah. Um. Mm. May, maybe that's maybe that's part of it. Um, yeah, especially, I think normally a lot of her jokes are uh, or what she finds funny if other people look dumb, not herself. And this this moment, I mean, she made fun about herself and went like, "I want to be prime minister." Like that's ever gonna happen. I mean, it's it, it's a bit high. We 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 are grasping at the straws here, boys. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so about about that moment though, uh, they do mention that she doesn't want to study piano or go go into piano. She'd rather mm-hmm. just do piano for fun. Yeah. And so it, it makes me wonder. All those times I thought, oh, she'd be great as a music teacher. Is that not something she wants to do? Did she not want to be? A teacher because she just rather keep making music and, and or playing piano for fun. Uh, you know, I'm not. You, you I'm know, not I, sure. I, I think a certain person burnt that teaching passion out of her. I, I was exactly. <laughs> I was going to say the exact same thing. Uh, you know, maybe she. Yeah, maybe she got a little burnt on the whole teaching aspect. But hmm. I don't know. Uh, I'm interested to see what what she would want to do with her mm-hmm. life. Um, I don't know. Maybe she's not. Maybe she's not really thinking about that at the time at, right now. Maybe it's just I'll go to college, and if I'm not married by the time I end, I'll do this. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know in high school what you want to do yeah, with the rest of your it life. Really is. <laughs> I was. I, yeah. I was right there, man. Yeah. Right there. Uh huh. Yeah. One little thing I still liked about uh, Fujiwara was this this small little scene when she, when she went over to Kaguya-sama's house to sleep over. And yes, that's also where we first see uh, the male uh, cross-dresser version of Hayazaka, and mm-hmm. her little nosebleed that she got when uh, yes. <laughs> when when she thinks that 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 Miyuki and the male Hayazaka are, are dating, and it's like, mm. yeah, it killed me, man! Like, oh, so funny, so wow. great timing. Yeah, we, she hasn't had a nosebleed since was it like volume three or two or something, and that 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 chapter killed me when she found the shojo manga yeah um, <laughs> so she has a very active ev- imagination i guess i'll say definitely <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually one part i really liked from that 
part of the story was uh, that it, it's revealed that Chika has figured out that you likes Tsubame. Exactly. And I think that's really mm-hmm. good perception on her part because usually I don't think she mm-hmm. is that perceptive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, right. But, but somehow she's been able to figure that out. Yeah, I, you know, one, it was just, it was fun to see Chika in her element, you know, at a, at a slumber yeah. par- party, just <laughs> shooting the breeze and talking for hours on end, which maybe <laughs> maybe not Kaguya's cup of tea, but no. for her, like, it's like, I, this, I'm in my prime now. Yeah. And obviously talking about love, she's like, oh, those boys, they're in love. I can tell. You can't fool my sense of smell. I know there's love sickness or whatever. It's so great. But the interesting Chica. thing is, yeah, Detective Chica. The interesting thing is she can't, like, if she's able to figure out who you who you likes, which is, you know, wow, great skills in that, but why can't she figure out who Miyuki likes? Why is that so difficult? Is it because it's right under her nose? I would say I think I think Chika is really good with, like, or has, like, a really good emotional sensor. She, like, like, she can understand, mm-hmm. like, what people feel. She has, has, like, good empathy. But her, like, deductional skills of, like, yeah, uh, actually figuring out uh, who the person is. She's not good at that stuff. She's often shown mm-hmm. to be creative, to be emotional and be good in those things, but not to be the best when it comes to, like, well, actually, well, being uh, intelligent in the way we often perceive uh, uh, intelligence to be, like, being good in yeah, math yeah. and stuff. Absolutely. Dude, I, I really I really like that kind of speculation on on, like, for the reasoning there. Uh, because you compared to Miyuki is way more like openly emotional, obvi- mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think that would make a lot of sense. That's true, and and Miyuki is probably doing a, a lot more to hide it yeah. than yeah. than you is, whether he realizes it or not. Totally. Yeah. So that yeah, good stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on to Yuishigami. I knew it. I called it. <laughs> he's crushing on Tsubame. Yes, and he straight up confesses to Kaguya that he does. Like I, I, th- I thought that mm. was really mm. big of him to to like straight up say that to anyone. Really, it, it also was kind of dabbing on Kaguya. You could, on Miyuki, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. He hasn't confessed his feelings to Tsubame directly yet, so he hasn't beat Kaguya in that sense yet. Yeah, but at least so. one more person than himself knows it. True. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. So, I I find Ishigami's feelings for Tsubame very wholesome and cute. I mean, I, you know, deep down, I think Ishigami is a very wholesome person, and his his attractions to her aren't necessarily because of looks. But yeah, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm sure that's a big factor. Mm-hmm. But it's also because you know she's real, a real person who's nice and kind of treated treated him um, with kindness. And so uh, to to see that those be the reasons, you know, I don't know, it's just kind of like, ah, Yeah. Not, nice for Ishigami. And it was so similar, really, to Kaguya's, at least, initial reason for falling for oh. Miyuki. That was because he was a yeah. nice, he was he showed her how good he, like, he's a really good person, uh, not just to her, but to everyone, really. And, and I think Koyasu has, kind of has that trait as well, similar to mm-hmm. Miyuki. Uh, mm. So I, I thought it was nice, especially for for you to share that information with Kaguya, who could probably really relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Even though she didn't say it. <laughs> yeah, I think them relating really like the, the moment where she uh, looked, uh, where Kaguya looked down to uh, you with like this cold eyes that like yeah, then 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 do everything you can or everything that's in your power to make it come true. 
Like, yeah. there was really that, that moment where uh, I felt Kagui really had the sense of, like, we are, we are like-minded and I'm going to do everything for you because I know what you feel. We, we are on a... Even if, if you doesn't realize it, maybe, they're really on the same level in Kaguya's sense. I kind of disagree in that I don't think Kaguya is, is willing to accept the fact that she is like other people. I mean, you look at uh, her conversations with Kashiwagi, she's always like, oh man, what a pain. This person mm-hmm. is high maintenance. But she's totally <laughs> the same way in a lot of ways. She would do the yeah. same things. <laughs> and so I think in this case, it's less that, oh, he's in the same boat I am, and more so I'm... I'm like I'm the senpai. I'm the older sister in this in this situation. I'm going to help you, you know, get over the get over this or you know accomplish this because I I care about you. At least that's how I interpret it. I don't yeah, know. I mean I I sort of see both. I think, but I think it's especially you know how Kaguya is, is she she entrusts her belief or she she believes in in you here and Mm. and he feels he feels that and he feels like for the first time in his life at least from what he can feel someone is expecting something from him uh or of him you know uh and how that that helped to push him to study harder than he's ever studied before obviously it wasn't Mm. hard enough but uh (laughs) he did his absolute best we learn and he did because kaguya you know had her expectations high mm-hmm. for him and like I'm, I'm sure that's not the first time someone has had high expectations of him but i'm mm-hmm. sure it's the first time that he has felt that because i think after the sports festival arc where he had that character development i think he has been able to notice things like notice can maybe those sorts of positive things from people easier since that mm-hmm. time yeah and even though they may, may have been there before he is now actually able to sense that. Kaguya, I think, realizes that Ishigami needs someone to expect Ishigami to be mm-hmm. better. And at mm-hmm. the end of the day, we see that, at least going forward, it seems that Ishigami is going to try harder and realize his true potential. Yeah. And uh, if it wasn't for Kaguya, you know, kind of motivating him to do that, then, yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't have happened. So that's some great growth for Ishigami, I think. Yeah, and like... Kaguya gave him that impossible demand or impossible task. Right. Maybe she did it on purpose. Maybe she knew, like, yeah, he's not going to be able to make it that far this one time for the exam scores. But this is—it's still something that he will learn from, and that he will be—he will be motivated to keep going, like even further after that. I hope so. (laughs) Definitely. I I hope so. (laughs) I mean, especially she—she likes us. Yeah. Like basically better like next time that this is not like the end like this will go on mm-hmm. and I will help you if you need to help it's like yeah yeah it it, it 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 it's basically a lesson that I think you learn see that it's like you can try your best and you will fail but that doesn't mean that you're that this is a bad thing like you did better than last time and that is a good thing in itself mm-hmm. striving for the top is hard and you may not achieve it but just being better than yesterday is also something. And, well, the next thing is to become better than today. 100%. That's a good point. All right. Do we got anything more on you? Yeah. So the other chapter that it's kind of features him is one with him and, and, and uh, Miko. Mm-hmm. Um, where oh, the, the love, the, the, the... Friendship exercises or whatever they call them. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you guys find those exercises a little more romantic than friendly? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, like like sharing a chop, <laughs> sharing sharing like yeah. these Mikado sticks or whatever they are called. I don't know. Sh- like, the the <clears throat> hockey, yeah. Yeah, the, the yeah, feed yeah. each other. <laughs> Clean, yeah, clean it's, it's, it's like, <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I guess that's friendship-y, but it's also, you know, something that couples do. I don't know. It's, it's, it's like, are they trying to ship them or are they trying to help help them? I, obviously, it backfired until the very end, but... Um, I have to I have to say I want to to mention it earlier. I just love how Miyuki is standing in the background all of the time because he made all the plans and they're all fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and all they're all complaining all the time. He's just standing in in, in the background, all depressed. <laughs> my, my, my plans aren't that bad. <laughs> yeah, like but so like I know, or at least it's implied here that Miyuki was the one who who put together the the exercises. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we know also that. Osaragi was, you know, probably working with him on that, you know, because at least she drew the images and she might have also had a hand in coming up with the exercises. And mm. you brought up the idea, James, that it felt more of that, more like like a shipping thing than a friendship thing, yeah. mm. uh, which oh, absolutely with, with some of these. And and so what I was thinking is if Osaragi has also been responsible for you know, helping Miyuki put together these these exercises, uh, I could totally see her shipping these two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, yeah, yeah. yeah. she not she so knows, much Miyuki. She yeah. knows what b- both of them are like on a deeper level mm-hmm. than Miyuki does, and mm-hmm. I think she. Yeah, I think it's definitely a good good possibility that she is shipping them hard. <laughs> I would also I, say Miyuki's probably too dense to realize that this is more couple than friendship <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could see that. Uh, I, I think it's funny how the love versus hate thing, or not love versus hate, but love, or the, the, you know, it's the tsundere thing, you know, or they, they hate each other so much they actually love each other. I mean, it, it's a standard trope. And like I said last week, I, I'm i starting to see the the ship of Ishigami and, and Miko. Like, I, I can see it happening. And I think with this chapter, you get another sign where that could be a possibility. However, they, they do... Is instead of like blushing at that or you know giving some sort of hint of that, they instead go immediate to oh yeah I, I guess I you know I kind of like him or I can tolerate him or whatever, in order to prove the fact that they don't like each other yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I I appreciated that like like I shortly mentioned like um for me I always see like uh, always use the term like love and hate are two different sides of the same coin like we love to hate and we hate to love sometimes and. With this, you and Jeremy, we also have the saying like, well, if you're mean to each other, that's a sign you like each other. So there could be those things, but I I don't know. Like, I don't like the ship of you and Eno because I, like, like they say themselves, there's not much like connecting those two, unlike with other characters, whereas you like at least some familiarity between those. I strongly disagree with that. I, I, mm. I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like when... Uh, you was like listing some positives about uh, Eno, and Eno just said like, "Yeah, I'm not coming up with anything," even though it's played off a bit of a, of a, uh, as a joke. It's still kind of like, well, aren't you coming up with anything here? Like, shouldn't be that hard. There's there's good parts about him. Like, it, it shows me lack of interest, maybe, and that's kind of the weird thing for this ship, I think. 
Well, I think the 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 foundation of this ship is the fact that these two characters ha- have so much in common. Like they are so much alike each other, in mm-hmm. in in their like moral, like just basically how dead set they are on basically making sure everyone's treated justly and looking out for each other uh, behind each other's backs and all all of that. I don't know if that isn't much to like give love or like or like give me the feeling of of a ship there because there there are characters like you and Kaguya that just like also support each other and and can be just friends and here it's just like yeah they have the same like code of morality or like same sense of justice but I don't know I think their personalities just don't they play well off comedically but I don't see that as a like good functioning relationship or something that I where I say like yeah that would be cool if those characters like come together now it's just like it, it it doesn't feel like it feels more for me like something that would be forced from the outside and like grow normally right now but i mean Eno is also mm-hmm. a new character here in in the student council so she hasn't had the same like room to grow as the others i could i could see what you're saying uh definitely uh in that that kind of relationship doesn't seem very healthy However, I think it's also because, you know, we're dealing with a lot of Tsundere stubborn children who aren't <laughs> willing to confess their feelings whatsoever. And I, I think it may be a, a deep down kind of a thing where they might dislike each other because of, you know, what they do and say, you know, from their, I guess, morals mm-hmm. um, or what they view as um, important to them. But at the same time, they are secretly watching each other's back uh, because they think the other person is helpless or needs their needs their help. And that, in a sense, is is a sign of love um, or a kind of love. Yeah, I would agree with um, kind of love. Yeah, it is the kind of love that they both believe in is the true love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK, yeah, you're right in that. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and I do think Osaragi bringing bringing up the. You know, those who are mean each other, mean to each other, actually like each other, is kind of a hint at that. At least that's how I took it. Not that, not that they went that in that direction right there, but you know, like we, like Petter was saying earlier, it, it's like Osoragi sh- shipping them, or <laughs> you know, is is kind of pushing their buttons in that sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be foreshadowing, but it also mm-hmm. like it, it feels a bit like. Not not shallow for me, but it's like like you said, it's it's such a trope in in a sense. It's it's not played off that True. tropey as other shows would do it, I think. But it's still like, yeah, those characters don't like each other. Now they come together. Like we've seen that. Like it's not like I'm 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 used to something else regarding relationships. Well, series. the thing is, I think it's more like I think there's a reason for that thing being a trope. It's because it actually happens IRL. As well, like it's a it's a it's a real life thing. Like, sure, it's exaggerated a lot in fiction, but mm-hmm. I, I do one hundred percent think it's a real like it's based on reality. So, I don't think it's a stretch for to to not ship them because of that. Yeah, maybe it's just my lack of experience. <laughs> um, but, um, <laughs> it's just that uh, yeah, here it's yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just overplayed uh, in, in in for for fiction, but. Yeah, I I just don't know like relationships that are based on, well I wouldn't outright say hate, but well 
on, on being not, not not on the same page on many things, I would say. Well, even Osiragi said in one of the previous volumes that they don't hate each other, per se. It, what, what did she... Do you remember, Petr, what she said exactly? Well, I think she said first, like, that those two hate each other, but then she kind of corrects herself and says that, uh, oh, no, that's not true. Something, something along the lines of the fact that they have su- such strong feelings for each other is a sign that they don't actually hate each other or something like that. Yeah, I, 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 okay, I would okay. say that makes it, sense. also that it's not hate, and it's also not that they hate the attitude or, like, the reasoning of the other person or, like, their actions or anything. It's, or, wait, not, not well, it's, it's, it's more their actions, what they're doing, like, what what they do with their with their with their philosophies mm-hmm. and their their mantras or their or their moral, um, and what their target of this justice and 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 stuff is that differentiates them. And I think that you can have like the same outlook on uh, like, well, stand in for others and keep keep all keep watch for each other or like how you would approach dif- uh, different topics. But in the end, I think both of them just don't agree on too many things or this or, or are not just on the same page on different things even though they have the same justice feeling even though they have the same morality like well i think both miko and you they don't want to come off as something like as as everything that they are uh miko more so than you but even you does it i mean we see it in mm. this volume where you uh he embraces the fact that he reads manga and that he plays video games but not that he watches anime yeah yeah like <laughs> that for some, for some reason that's something where he doesn't want to he doesn't want to be associated as an anime otaku yeah uh that was another point i wanted to mention is hmm. yeah he doesn't want people to realize that about him even though people already know yeah. or, or or some some people don't even care and actually i i relate to that a lot i mean again Oh, James is relating to Ishigami again. <laughs> Big surprise. Um, so, for a long time, I didn't accept the fact that I was a nerd or a taku. And and to be honest, I I really wasn't. I watched like Dragon Ball Z and Naruto when I was younger a little bit, but I didn't I didn't watch it religiously. And actually, the kids who were really into anime and tried speaking Japanese were really weird. Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> I'm, you know, kind of kind of cringy in that sense. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. Really put me off to. Um, and that was in high school, so clearly, you know, it, it just it just put it put me off to all that. And then just one day, I guess I I think I just started watching Attack on Titan, and suddenly <laughs> my world was open. <laughs> nice. And uh, and it, it helped that I spoke Japanese at the time, but or right. still do. Um, but I I I kind of kept it secret. I didn't want to tell people that I was watching this show or that I started playing these really Japanesey video games. So I, 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 I feel where Ishigami is coming from and that you don't want people to judge you because of that, even if they won't per se. Uh, although the the writer here, the narrator kind of plays it off as that no one would probably do it. Um, I disagree with that, especially in America. I think in Japan, they still have that 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 stereotype or, or that's the same sort of mindset where, oh, you're weird if you like that kind of stuff or, you know, oh, I don't, I don't want to be anywhere near you. I grew up as like, saying to myself, I'm a nerd, I know that, I like video games, I like anime, I like this shit, like, big surprise, like, people that knew me, like, knew that shit about me, and I wasn't, like, uncomfortable, like, saying that, or acting that way out, because it was, like, the shit I liked, and I talked to people that liked that shit. That's awesome. That was not me. (laughs) (laughs) I was embarrassed to even say I was playing Pokemon. Really? Like, Pokemon's not that big? Me too. Dude, me as well. Like, back in, like, middle school, 
I I was yeah. so no like shut never shut, shut off. Yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. Maybe, maybe it's just me being a really open person, just saying yeah, I like this stuff, and then I like this stuff, and I, I I care. I think you had a great friend group. That's all. I'm gonna say. Yeah, I also say I had, I had a friend group that like I know back from kindergarten, and so mm. we are people of a lot of different interests, but we are still close friends because well we, that's great. we know each other that long, mm. and that also grounds you a bit, I think, because I, of course there are people like running around trying to. Uh, screaming things like Baka or Nietzsche and shit like that, and you're just like, "What the fuck's going on here?" <laughs> oh no! Yeah, that's the uh, that's the cringe side. That and what of... what what grounds you? What grounds you from doing that is a friend group that just goes to you and say like, "The fuck's wrong with you?" <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. So you just yeah. like you, you don't, but it's okay if you like anime and shit. It's it's, it's like you just like yeah, anime. Uh -huh. it's, it's good stuff. I like it, but well. There, there's always this like border of going like off the deep end, especially with like anime. I mean, we we've yeah. all probably seen things. We all had the power of gotten anime on our side once in our life. I think. Totally, <laughs> totally, dude. Once in my life, I currently have the power of God in anime on my yes. side. Yes. Um, so yeah, no. So I, I I sympathize with Ishigami here, and you know I I I like how wholesome, how wholesome it is that him and Miyuki are kind of bonding over a manga in that sense um and betraying each other yeah that he just like straight up betrays miyuki he's like no i don't watch that kind of stuff yeah. i'm not excited about that cringe <laughs> it's like what what uh... you can't just leave your bro out, out, out dry like that <gasps> oh, come on and miyuki's face <laughs> yeah <laughs> when he realizes he's been betrayed <laughs> oh man Oh, God. I would be just for shortly talking about face. I love the face of both of them when uh, they mentioned uh, once Miyuki with Tsubama and you with mm -hmm. Kaguya together, and both their faces like, <laughs> ha, how stupid would that be? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are the best faces in this whole volume. It's okay. Uh, the best first face in this volume is, is fainted Chica for me. Oh, oh like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's probably the best. I guess I can nail it with the faces this volume. He did. He really yeah. did. Yeah. Um, I think that's all I have on Ishigami. Same. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then. Let's talk about my girl, Miko Ino. First of all, the way she texts. I love it. Oh, God, oh yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> really? You like that? Dude, I'm so into that. Honestly, it's uh. kind of relatable <laughs> in a way because I, rem I know that. So, when I... Maybe not so much anymore, but when I was young, like, I mean, I guess I'm, when I was Miko's age or so, I didn't, like, emote a lot, I think, like, with my face. Like, when I when I was, you know, with people and stuff like IRL, doing IRL, IRL stuff, I was kind of, I don't know, I was very shy back then. And mm. I didn't, like, in I didn't, I mean, obviously, I, I, I did have friends and, you know, I, I had a good time. I, w I was able to, you know, enjoy my, my life and, and all, but I didn't. Uh, take a lot of space in school and stuff like that but i quickly learned that if i don't use emojis in while texting people are gonna think that i'm like angry or something like that because <laughs> I, I something happened and so at some point where someone misunderstood me because they thought i was like really serious about something in text and like basically since that incident uh i mean maybe not as much anymore i mean i still think I sometimes overuse emojis but back then like after that incident I started using them way uh. much like a lot just to kind of over overcompensate for that and I didn't want to risk being <laughs> misunderstood again um, so in that regard I can sort of 
sort of um, relates to Miko, and I could maybe see it being maybe a similar reason for her, as to just really, like, yeah. she doesn't want to come off as sort of what she is, I guess. Like, she is this really serious person, but she doesn't want to come off as that. And I think that all also plays along with her kind of daydreaming when she was... There was a chapter with her and Kobachi when Miko was still really new at the student council. Mm-hmm. And Miko had this dream or this fantasy of... Uh, when she joined the student council that everyone would be super strict on her and she would be like the like breath of fresh air that just kind of comes into the student council with these new mm. kind of chill or lax ideas, which obviously was unrealistic of her to expect that. <laughs> but uh, like she did have that kind of fantasy uh, to, to be just, well, cooler or more relaxed than, mm-hmm. than she actually is. And I think that's what she, that might be what she's trying to do while texting by just adding all these yeah. emojis to come off as more easygoing, kind of. I, I never thought about it that way, but yeah, it, it, it makes a lot of sense when you put it that way. Um, I, for myself, must say, um, seeing the text in a road gave me gave, gave me just eye cancer because I, as <laughs> someone who, as myself who just uses like three emojis and uh, mm-hmm. maybe XD and that's, that's it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I just looked at that and was like, oh my God. <laughs> what what is this? <laughs> this might also this might also be like the fact that I'm such a massive Miko fan that I'm able to, I guess. Okay, I don't think like this is obviously a super minor thing in the first chapter. This little yeah, thing. yeah but yeah, like yeah. just because I I love Miko so much, I just have to dig deeper. Like I need to figure out what yeah. could be the reason behind this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need sleep. I need answers. <laughs> yeah. Yep, basically. You know. I was kind of surprised at first when you said that, but, or, or you know, and, and thinking it wasn't, or I, th- I thought it was a bit much, but, but hearing your explanation and looking at the picture again, you know, it's really not terrible um, in the sense that there, there are some people who, you know, don't have complete sentences and, and only commute with emoji. And it's really weird. That's not, that's not this case. This, this is, right. she's still using complete sentences, but there's, you know, emojis sprinkled within. So it's not as bad as I as I thought at first. Um, and actually, speaking of emojis, before I got on Discord, I, I kind of disliked them. I didn't use them much. I, sometimes I would use, like, the Japanese emoticons, like some of the ones she has here. Because yeah. I, th- I thought they were kind of cute. And, you know, <laughs> it's what the hip hip people in Japan are doing. So right. try to try to implement that. But uh, once I got more comfortable with Discord, and honestly, I think it was because titan tea time discord i just started using more of the emojis nice and yeah now now i can't uh, get rid of it <laughs> we got good emojis <laughs> we do we really do um so anyway i could see the the viewpoint that miko wants to or has this you know, the serious facade but you know deep down she she adores cuteness and and wants mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. I guess express yourself in that way and so this is maybe this is even the real miko or maybe real is not the white word just another just another side of her yeah that she wants to portray absolutely she seems to be a bit closeted sometimes in that she wants to be more girly than she shows herself to be i kind of get mm. that feeling and especially like with this text yeah it was a really really like girlish text in a sense so it kind of gives me feeling like when she's in private and like a conversation, uh, this was a direct message as far as I remember. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, she, she can be her more true self, I guess, which is this girly mm-hmm. side of her. Yeah. To, to that point, she, 
replies to Kaguya, don't leave me on read. And that, I don't know if that's something that, so would that be something that she would say in real life in similar context? Maybe because we do understand that she is a bit self-conscious and worried that people dislike her or something like that. But she's not always open uh, about uh, sharing that that uh, worry that she has. So maybe she feels she can be a little more open, a little more uh, herself through via text. Um, but maybe I'm just reading yeah. too hard into it. No, I, th- I think I think that's a good possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, moving on, she seems uh, Osaragi makes a comment that she's pretty forgiving of people if even they show like the most minute kindness to her, towards her and we we've understood this in the previous volume but i just you look back to when she was first introduced you wouldn't necessarily guess that you would think she would kind of hold grudges or um be less willing to forgive other people um than she actually is as long as they are kind to her so i guess you we're just seeing more of her I don't know, kindness deprived. <laughs> I don't know how, how else you say it. Right. Mm-hmm. I, anyway, I just thought thought that was interesting to see that from her. Absolutely, I agree. And like, yeah, I actually I didn't have too much more on Miko other than the, the little text that I went on about. But one thing that's kind of related to her and you is that I just kind of like if if only she and and him had been able to hear each other like at the beginning mm-hmm. of, of that uh, chapter with them when mm-hmm. they both were saying basically the same sorts of things like mm-hmm. how they view like what a good deed is and that it's, re- it's it's that it's its own reward and that kind of stuff if only they've been mm-hmm. able to hear each other say that say that i just i wonder what maybe they would change their thoughts on each other yeah right yeah mm-hmm. i just wonder what where that could have led if they knew mm-hmm. those sorts of things about each other if they and or and even if they knew if they, I guess, confessed to each other that that they have been helping each other out behind the, their backs and stuff like that. Obviously, they're both too, <laughs> I guess, embarrassed slash proud to do that, mm-hmm. though. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> Anything more on Miko? No, not really. She has, hadn't had that much to do here, so... Then let us move on to uh, I oh, Hayasaka. I, I, oh. Sorry, I, I I did have a couple more. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> okay, oh. go for it. So just because I wanted to separate this from the Ishigami talk is huh? that is that same chapter where they're both trying, they're trying to be friends or whatever. Hmm? And she can't say any positive traits about Ishigami. Hmm. Um, and we, I know we touched on that, but we kind of, I, I wanted to put it in, in her spot because I, f- I feel like it's really unfair of her to not be able to name anything that's good about him. And he was able to point out the good things about her. I think that can go back to her being such a, a tsundere in that back when Ishigami had the cook, he cooked, he cooked the fried rice and it was really good. And she was debating <laughs> giving on a one or a 10. Yeah. I, I think it goes back to that. She's not willing to give him any sort of credit, any sort of points because yeah. then he'll obviously, um, snicker at her and say, "Oh, really?" or something like that. So maybe that's maybe that's why she didn't want to say anything. Um, and I, I I think she she does have positive things to say or can. She just refuses to acknowledge them. I think so too. Yeah, be, uh... It's a br- it's a bra moment for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, one other thing is 
she called you a liar. Uh, she called you specifically, Petter, a liar. No, I'm just kidding. She called Ishigami a liar. <laughs> yeah, and yes. that, that, that joke's getting old, I know. <laughs> called Ishigami a liar um, when he said he studied for the test. Mm-hmm. And I understand she doesn't yeah. have the highest appeal of him and you know he hasn't deserved that. But at the same time, give the guy a break. <laughs> like, I mean... I know. I know this is their relationship, but that did that did kind of rubbed me the wrong ways after all he's been through. But again, he didn't take it personally. I guess he just that's just how she views me and maybe he doesn't really care. Yeah, also she 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 doesn't know much about like what he went through this time around and just knows normally she got me that just like yeah, I'm not going to do anything and then well, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think her uh, judgment is fair honestly mm-hmm. in that one yeah uh yeah. because i mean and I, I think the reason why you isn't upset or anything by that is because he, he knows himself that yeah usually uh this would have been a lie <laughs> we've, we've seen the last yeah. exam it's uh yeah <laughs> yeah but but i i do like though that she she is still in her own way sort of looking out for him like she, she says like don't don't fail your exam she, she she tells him like which is to me sounds a little bit like a good luck Ishigami. Uh, she doesn't say it that say it that way, obviously, but it kind of comes off as that way. But then she obviously kind of uses the excuse like, "Oh, since you're a member of the student council, mm. like you have to be a good example to the others and stuff like that." But oh, okay. I, 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 I want to view that as as her like in in her own way saying good luck to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I mm-hmm. agree with that. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. So I think that's nice. Anyway, sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be more precise and not say everything that's uh, that I have written down or anything like that. Oh, it's it's, um, it's so, all right, dude. So I, we can go move forward. I always enjoy talking about Miko more. <laughs> True. That's why I'm surprised you didn't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> all right then. Now let's move on to Ai Hayasaka. Yes, please. Yes, Lucas's girl. I I really just love the rap scene where like this 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 burst of emotion from like a girl that often often comes around that's really like not emotionless but like really well held back on what she shows others and like she is calls herself like a hydra like a snake with multiple heads yeah. that she really maybe doesn't know herself what uh who she truly is and i also like that she is in in her in her cosplay basically in her crossdresser uh, outfit mm-hmm. in, in that moment which shows like well, even like right now, she technically is still in that position of like, she has to do what has to be done and well to, to please her mistress in some way, even though the relationship for what they want to have is like not that of mistress and, and, and servant, but well, Kaguya still abuses that sometimes. And getting to hear that, like we said earlier, it feels, it felt, felt goddamn satisfying for me. Yeah, mm. and I mean, Kaguya really needed to hear that, and I think yeah. the moment mm. she realizes, I mean, because she hasn't, as I, as, I, as I said when we talked about Kaguya earlier, this isn't something that Kaguya, I think it, it has never even been on Kaguya's mind, like the possibility that that Hayasaka feels some kind of, well, bad in some way. Yeah, it's like she, she just accepted it the way it is, kind of. Yeah, it's just how, how it's always been, and so she doesn't mm-hmm. question that. But it's, I think at the moment when she looks at, at Hayasaka and, and for a moment when, when Hayasaka is, is, you know, just venting, she sees her, like she sees the real Hayasaka. Like she sees mm-hmm. her as like not the dressed up Hayasaka. And just that he, she just sees Hayasaka as this girl who just wants to be a normal girl and yeah. do normal things. That's when she just 
realizes that because it's a it's a struggle that Kaguya has has and yeah she has had it and has it still as well uh so like not only just understanding but also being able to relate mm. i think made made Kaguya just really want to help i out as soon as she could which she did still i think she's mm-hmm. she's not completely right over it because still we we see in the end even though she gets that uh like help from the outside now uh, with her like job it's mm. she's still there like brushing kaguya's hair and i don't know if it's a thing between those two girls that they just do but it still feels like a bit servant master relationship in that specific scene I mean, they, they they still will be that, just not as often. Like at least from what I understood, it like Hayasaka will still have the job as mm. Kaguya's servant, but she won't. I mean, of, of course, that, that that is her job, but it it, it kind of still feels like it's not. We're we're not really over that. We we just made it a bit better. And I mean, of course, it is what it is, basically. But leave, leaving this rent with what I've in the end, like I had a bit of a feeling of like. It felt good, but it only is like a moment, and even with some leverage taking off, it doesn't feel like much has changed, really. I mean, it. it I guess I, I can see what you mean in, in the fact, in the sense that we haven't necessarily seen exactly how Hayasaka's life has progressed since this mm-hmm. all happened. Since there weren't any chapters, really. Oh well, there was the, the there was the chapter with her and her mother, but it didn't really focus on the the aspect of her life that she wanted to improve uh so i think there's still room to explore that and see just how i mean, I mean still in that scene the first the first thing kaguya did was uh call hayasaka out when she got cornered so still the same thing she did chapter one when uh she got cornered by miyuki like it's basically you could say the that the first chapter and the last chapter pretty much showed exactly the same thing happening in the relationship between hayasaka and kaguya even though in the middle it should have changed a bit, that she wouldn't call out it out in the end. No, I, I I disagree because, well, it's like Hayasaka's like basically the conditions that changed was that Hayasaka wouldn't work as many days of the week, or like before she basically worked twenty four seven, but from the that point on she only worked what was it like three or four days a week, which basically still means that whenever she is on duty she will still do the same things it's just but 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 she won't work as often which will leave will give her time to do her own things mm-hmm. yeah i mean yeah that was one of her complaints that she doesn't have time to do her own thing but what i see there is also that she also complained about uh the bad girl with an attitude and all her goddamn demands and this was also something she complained about and that like true that whole part is, is is basically directly shown that this part hasn't changed. Only part of her complaints, only part of her problem there has been, like, not not solved, but, like, changed. And that was, like, the easy part for Kaguya to change, just, like, get someone to help her out. Like, that's the easy part, especially in someone like Kaguya's position with, like, basically, when it comes to family wealth, unlimited power to just employ someone to help her. That is easy to do. But to actually like recognize that your demands are m- maybe something you should not be so well demanding with. Mm. I don't, especially with like the last chapter where, like I said, the daddy thing, uh, where she just showed that she didn't learn her lesson there completely. Fair, fair. No, I, I think I think that makes sense. It's not something that I necessarily thought about, but I do see your point. Like while 
yeah, it's it's not ideal yet. It's realistic at the same time, I think. Like, th- this makes yeah. sense with Kage's character. It wouldn't have made, made sense for her to just immediately be independent and not need Hayasaka. That, that, that wouldn't have made yeah. any sense. So I think this is uh, logical. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that in her rap, she mentions, I had to make, basically, I had to make all these personas from your demands. And I kind of felt that was contradictory to her in the previous volume where she mentioned, or, well, it was it's the whole reason why Miyuki wants to do this in the first place is that, you know, you're never going to be truly loved if, if you're, or people aren't, don't want to see your true self mm-hmm. or... You know, you gotta you gotta have a, a facade, a persona. So, I kind of wondered how how much you know where where's the truth in between that? I think it's true that she had to make all these personas because of Kaguya's demand. I mean, you know, well, m- m- partly because of um, just the whole Shinomiya and Hayasaka relationship. In that, they can't people can't know that they're serving a master, and so she has to have all these disguises with Chika and whatnot. So I get that, but then where does the where does the whole you're not you won't be truly loved unless you have unless you wear a mask you know more or less where does that come into to her feelings so I'm I, I do think we see a bit of the true uh, Hayasaka here and and I love that and it it, it really you kind of see that progression and uh, understanding come between Kaguya and and Hayasaka but at the same time. I think there still is something to be said about, uh, you know, the masks or why why maybe she feels she has to be um, the different personas or, or whatever, right? Um, mm-hmm. And she and can't be loved, like that. That's the key that that I you know I I don't quite understand yet, and I, and I hope we get more information on later on. The best idea that I have on that is not necessarily related to like romance. Which I think, mm-hmm. I mean, because I think her putting on a mask is for being liked both maybe in Romantic Void, but also just in general being liked by people. Yeah, that, that's how I mm-hmm. took it more generally. And mm-hmm. we learned, and I think I mentioned this recently, like in a recent uh, episode. And it's oh. something that I, well, th- there's one thing where in the character bi- biography for for Hayasaka in like volume two or three, it appeared like between two of the chapters. Uh, just like a little little uh, information dump kind of on her character. Uh, mm-hmm. If I recall, I could be wrong about this, but if I recall, it said something about the, like along the lines of when she was a kid, younger, like when she started working for Kaguya when they were seven or so, like she didn't have these fake personas, but she started oh, assuming yeah, yeah, yeah. them later after, uh, because it seemed like Kaguya kind of accused her of being like a crybaby. Um, oh. and, and we also, another thing that we know about Kaguya is that she has been warming up as a person, like very much since she met right. and fell in love with Miyuki. So before recently she was this, you know, ice Kaguya, you know, so back then when, when she, and well, when I just started working for her, she was definitely probably a very cold little girl. And I imagine uh, for 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 I to have to deal with that, I can definitely see how she would kind of change herself to make up for what Kaguya didn't like about her, in a, in a way. Okay, mm-hmm. that interesting. Could be 
may be part of the reason, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. just kind of going going off of that. I like it. Yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if it has something to do with the father that we've never met yet. Mm-hmm. Um, if if there's any if that even plays a, a part in it, because going moving on to her mom. I mean, clearly the mom loves her, and it, not because of any sort of airs that I puts on. I mean she immediately like, just kind of melts in her hand and hmm. you could tell that she's a mama girl. So I, you know, I don't think it's because of her mom at all, which I thought beforehand, like maybe that could have been a possibility, but now I'm just kind of like, no, nah, man, her mom is way too sweet, even though, um, very, probably very busy. Um, but way, way too sweet to not love her daughter for her true self. Right. Right. That was really sweet to see her with her mother and just how happy she looked. Like she, she was yeah. so happy. Just the moment she saw her mom, she oh man, mm-hmm. that just warmed my heart to see Aya Hayasaka so happy. Uh, do we got anything else on Hayasaka? Oh, actually, I do. <laughs> well, there, there's your answer then. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I had just one last thing about Hayasaka is how when when she realizes that Kaguya doesn't know about read notifications. She, for a moment, she considers just letting that go, like just letting, letting things pan out as they would without her intervening, uh, just because she just wants her and Miyuki to, you know, get their battles over with. Because mm-hmm. uh, obviously, Kaguya be like stressing out over what to do about her feelings for Miyuki and all that uh, has been causing I a lot of stress. So I totally get why she considered that. Ultimately, she didn't do it. She actually helped Kage out big time. But but yeah, I thought it was still interesting to kind of just see that thought process for, from her. Especially there, there wasn't an order from Kaguya to help her. So she, I, I feel like she felt more comfortable and just like staying back. Because if she doesn't say anything, I can just let this, this whole cow crash. Yeah. And just stay by and watch. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, really, really, she, if if she hadn't intervened there, Miyuki would have won that battle. He would have yeah. won the whole the whole big battle there. Mm-hmm. Let me just finally say about Hayasaka is that I loved her character progression in this, and I feel like that before I didn't understand why people would like her as much as they do, besides looks. And I, I think I, I really understand why she is appealing and why she has the fans. That she does. Mm. Not to say that she's like the most liked character, but I did notice that a lot of people found her pretty endearing. Yeah. Um, and now, and now I understand more so why. So yeah, I I like her character progression. Um, did not expect to get that from her. Well, I did to an extent, but not maybe mm-hmm. not this deep. Right. All right, then let's talk a little bit about Maki Shijo, mm. who I am very happy to you know finally she has been involved in the story since the previous volume. And what I just need, want to say, just to kick off the discussion about her, is that especially, like, obviously, we in the previous volume, that, that, that was where we actually finally got to know, like, who she is, what, what she's about, all that. But seeing it even more in this volume, I just feel so sorry for her. Like, I can't stress <laughs> that enough. I cannot stress that enough. Like, just her, the situation that she's in is just so horrible in my mind. It's like, and I don't know what it is, but like, I I find myself often being drawn to like these suffering characters for some reason, in 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 just any sort of fiction, and she is like really this. She 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 is exactly the kind of 
person that's suffering <laughs> that I for some reason tend to like a lot. But it's comedic um, gold. It's it's comedic gold. Sometimes. It's comedy, but dude, <laughs> my heart at the same time. <sighs> <sighs> mm-hmm. At least she made some friends in the end. Yeah, you. Yeah, th- that was honestly that was beautiful. But like like in the previous volume, we learned just how complicated her situation is, and mm-hmm. and and you know she likes. Uh, Tsubasa, who we now know the name of, but, mm-hmm. um, and and she, but and how complicated that is. But at least in the previous volume, she still had a, you know, she was still on good terms with with Nagisa, so that that was all cool. But in this volume, we learned that even her friendship with Nagisa is like starting to get shaky. So it's like everything <laughs> is just it's just getting worse and worse for her, and it just makes me so sad. <laughs> <sighs> I, 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 I just uh, must say, like I, I, I really like Maki. She, she, her, her scenes. Uh-huh. Yeah, like I said, that they are, they are tragic in a way. But I just love the way, <laughs> like it, 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 it's played out. Like they, they call her Tsundere Senpai, and it's just yeah. how, how, how she acts towards it, and, and kind of this, this match between I've given up hope. it's ah i don't know it every time she she's on on the page i was i'm just having a good time i don't know not because of her (laughs) suffering but but the way she deals with it yeah (laughs) yeah i mean obviously it is it is comedic like i I can't i can't deny that but it's just like it's the mix of the tragedy and the comedy that just i i mean i i really i really do enjoy it and it's it's really unique i think how it's combined like that mm-hmm. in in her character. There wasn't, I guess, too much other than that. Other than one other thing, or I mean, maybe you have more. But another thing that I that I got in her from this volume was, uh, and it's actually related to Nagisa and and Tsubasa as well. But I'll I'll mention it here, is that at the end of this volume we learn that Maki and Tsubasa. A.K.A. Nagisa's boyfriend, in case anyone forgot, because his name is very easily forgettable. <laughs> they are both, or at least from what they feel right now, they both want to move on to outside universities after high school. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Nagisa is set on continuing to the Shuchin University. Obviously, this is like so far in the future, so maybe speculating is even like maybe that has no meaning whatsoever. But just based on that, I feel like. Nagisa and Tsubasa are going to have to go to different schools, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After high school. Like, that, that much is certain. But, since Maki and Tsubasa are both going to schools other than Shuchin, there's a chance that they might end up at the same school. Which mm-hmm. may work in Maki's favor, potentially. <laughs> Although, this is such a long shot, and it's so, so far in the future, so I don't even know if it has, if it has any relevance. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> you're saying there was a chance. So I, I felt the same exact way. When I saw that, I was like, oh, boom, there's a chance. She's, okay, here we go. Long-term, long-distance relationship. It, you know, they never work out. Like sometimes they do, especially nowadays. <laughs> Actually, they probably work a lot more now than they did before. But she has more of a chance now, especially if they end up going to the same college or even the same college town. Right, right. And I, I, do, I do feel really bad for her, but... And this, at this point, it's just just a waiting game um, to see whether their relationship falls apart, which I you don't want to happen per se. Although I will say I've kind of lost a bit of my respect, I guess, for Nagisa. Um, I used to be like big on the Nagisa train, uh, and I was, 
I was kind of like, wow, I really like. I mean, I still, I still think she's really hot, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I maybe the PDA, the public display of affection is just kind of getting to me a bit, um, especially in this chapter where they're literally in the same club and they're just, yeah, you know, not cool. Puppy eyes the whole time. It's really. I mean, obviously they don't know that she has feelings for him. Uh, even then, it's still super. But even uncool. then, yeah, it's uncool. It's like. I mean, yeah. I know they're children, technically. They're in high school, but still, it's... Yeah. Yeah, not cool. <laughs> I don't know what her story is about yet, really, uh, in that volume here. It could be kind of about giving up, I guess. About, like, you have this high, high school crushes, but that is, like... That's not the end if that person doesn't end up with you in the end. Hmm. I, I think there's, yeah, there's two options, you know. Either you you still crush on the person hard and try to be the fall fall woman and mm-hmm. catch him on the rebound or you move on but i'm not exactly sure which way maki's gonna go here um she may move on and then it comes it comes back into her court and she t- takes it <laughs> or, <laughs> or uh, that would be funny yeah it would be funny or i don't know she just it keeps desperately trying to get them to break up or 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 just be there for him i don't know or she just keeps crushing him hard but at the end of the day i think or at the very least she now has a kind of support group you know these two friends and yeah. you know and i think that that's good for her in order to get over it because she can't go to her supposedly best friend in nagisa about it you know at this point because she's the problem <laughs> right mm. so it just helps so much uh-huh. that she's able to get this off her shoulders and just be able to talk and so I, I'm, I'm happy for her and and like you were saying Petra, I, I couldn't say earlier but I do feel terrible for her and <laughs> you know I, I hope there are happy days ahead although Kaguya kind of gave her a look at the end um, so she better not get on her bad side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better watch out. Better watch out. Yeah, yeah. I wish her only the best, as I do with literally every single character in this uh, story. It's like crazy how much I care about all these guys. It's true. It's true. Yeah, it really is. Is is one of the best. I, I don't really like rom coms normally, but this one here, the characters just—they're mm. carrying it so much. It's it's insane. Right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, a little bit about Nagisa Kashiwagi, perhaps. So the only note I took on her is that her exam score dropped again. Yeah. Because we were able to compare her exam scores uh, from two of the previous ones where she was, like, pretty far high up on the first one, like, seventh place or something like that. Then something she like dropped that. Or four, Maybe fourth. Fourth. Yeah, yeah, fourth. Yeah, fourth, and then she dropped to seventh. And now she dropped by a lot. She's in the 30s, isn't she? Yeah, or, or, or like, late 20s, I think. So this time she dropped so much. I think it's a mixture of being preoccupied with her boyfriend, you know, romance, but also helping him study because he just went up. He skyrocketed again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. Tsubasa wants to be a doctor. So he has... To, right, it was a doctor, wasn't it? That yeah, was his, yeah. So he has to get these good scores if he's going to go into medical school. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it makes sense from that perspective. I just I do feel bad that suddenly her grades are going down, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. I mean, if she's happy, good. I mean, she's still good, 
So yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's still she's still good. She's still educated and and smart. But I think it's funny how their scores are getting closer and closer together, and now they mm-hmm. are super close. Like he's in the thirties, and she's like in the late twenties. And, and like the scoreboard, like they are so close at, at this point. Meanwhile, they started off like she was number four, and he was like way down. Like he was really, really, really far down. I think it was was he lower than Ishigami? I can't remember. I can't remember either exactly, but he was low at least. Yeah. Uh, so it's really fun. I think how they. I guess maybe not. I only guess it's the kind fact... of romantic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like it's maybe it's not just the fact that she's spending time. Uh, tutoring him but maybe also they, they are just in general kind of rubbing off on each other in regards to mm. how uh, motivated they are for, to do schoolwork I think that's and, and, and th- I mean that could go along the lines of their romance and like how how that's progressing you know to be fair being in a serious relationship does take time yeah um, true you know especially in the dating phase so yeah it, it makes sense mm. And about Tsubasa, real quick, he he finally got a name after 104 chapters. <laughs> uh, no last name though. Uh, no, no last name yet. And also, I legitimately had had forgotten that he did get a, a name, uh, even though <laughs> oh, as, uh, I read up to volume 16, I had totally forgotten that he ever got a name. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. it's it's really it's just like the jokes in this volume like it it seems like the volume itself forgets that he had a name basically the moment that chapter what is over. <laughs> I thought that was yeah that was really funny and at least this time I'll make an effort to try to remember it. <laughs> Me too. Monkey kind of really lists some of the reason why she likes Subasa but I don't I won't go into into him other than the fact that he's really nice person, very right. forgiving and kind of similar to reasons Kaguya liked uh, Miyuki. She liked him because he was a nice guy. And it was just interesting to see that that would be the reason why um, she would grow feelings for him. Yeah. I don't want to judge her feelings for him because I think that's maybe not so cool. But I have a suspicion that this crush that she has on him might just be something that I like to just call like a high school crush. Well, I mean, this is literally a high school crush, but it's basically a crush where it's just really shallow and like you have these really strong feelings, but it's, but it just feels that way because you don't actually know the person really well yet. Yeah. Uh, and you have this idea in your head of what this person is like, which is just mm. really a, just a made up thing. It's like just a fantasy, but, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's, it's a really common thing for people, for well, yeah, girls and boys in high school, uh, I think to have those sorts of crushes on people that they yeah. barely really know. And I have the, the, the suspicion that this might be that kind of thing. Yeah, it, re- mm-hmm. it really feels like that. Especially, like, mm. we now get her, like, uh, more as a, uh, well, more upfront character that, like, gets a whole chapter to her. But we only got, like, the name of the guy she's interested in. Like, it, it, it feels <laughs> like... He's unimportant for now. Like, especially we get we got this character into him, but for the other relationships, like the counterpart is also kind of important. But here it's just like treated as someone <laughs> without name even up until now. So it's it it it, it kind of <laughs> feels like really, really more crushy than relationship like for like the other characters are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do we want to move on to the last few characters? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I think it's a good thing. <laughs> Next one, Mr. Shirogane, the yeah, man. The, the daddy himself. Daddy Shirogane. When you look at him in the panels, he's like, 
he he looks kind of weird. He looks kind of stern. He he doesn't look like very friendly. But when it comes down <laughs> to it, like he has so much charisma to just go up to people, kind of understand what they're about, and then just totally. well work work with them towards their goals. Like we see it with Kagui, he he figured all of the stuff out. Like he knows how to interact with her, and like well, in a sense, do what's good for her, even though she doesn't like want it. He she just right. goes for it. And the interesting thing too is that we learn that that's. Basically, his job is to understand yep. people, <laughs> uh, which is yeah, really really cool to learn about that. And man, like one of the funniest—I know we're not talking about comedy right now, but we're talking about Mr. Shigan, and I just can't not mention it—is just his <laughs> introduction into this yeah. chapter, where you know you just see some somebody's feet appearing before Kaguya. You flip the page, and boom, <laughs> it's his face <laughs> right there. And oh, that's so funny, and just oh, it killed me. It's just like, well, I, I think there's no moment where Kaguya doesn't switch to pure panic when this man arrives. <laughs> <laughs> understandable. At this point, understandable. <laughs> he, he, he really is like portrayed as the end boss for Kaguya, and it's... it's, it's mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kind of like Chika is the end boss for Hayasaka. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. But yeah, he, he was he was great throughout this whole chapter, I think. Like just seeing how he just deals with all of all of that and how he interacts with all of the characters in the chapter. Just really enjoyable to follow along with. Yeah, he he's like I think the epitome of a straight man, like even more than you, because he just comes in and he just okay, that's what we're gonna do, let's go. Bam. It, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we get it done. Like <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's really also when he, when he had, like, they weren't even, like, done discussing about, like, if you should go in as, like, uh, Kaguya's, uh, well, step-in father, I don't know what to call it else, but he, when just when he said, like, yeah, Kaguya's, uh, like, uh, like, guardians, just turning around, mm -hmm. like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, love him. This man always, like, his facial expressions and how he acts and stuff, it's, it, it's always just a pleasure. Uh, like watching that guy interact with the other characters Absolutely. especially that he is so weird but then as a reader you're like yeah but he's right in in, in kind of way i know he's weird but yeah listen to him <laughs> yeah dude he, he's, he's wiser than he might come across as uh, like this version of the character of like someone that just comes in and wreaks chaos chaos and still like is still a straight man it's it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think the, the the straight man aspect is like what's added to that even more is his well Shirugane intense eyes. Yeah. Sort of that like j just having those eyes all the time just really adds to that I think in a really funny funny way. Mm. Do either of you have anything more on him though? Not not much, but he he left an impression on me. For sure. <laughs> nice funny guy. My introvert side uh, feels very uncomfortable with him around, though. <laughs> um, so I, I, I feel I feel for for Kaguya in this uh, situation. Um, I, I just don't like I don't like people who are who are pushy and all up in my business like that. Fair. But I know he but I know he's a good soul, if not a little weird. Um, and he he is funny, so. There, there, there is that, yeah. and I, I, I know, I know. Of course, he means well. I know a lot of right. people who are like that mean, mean well. Actually, he, he is my second favorite character after Hayasaka. <laughs> what? Yeah I, yeah, I, I do not get it. That's yeah, that's I awesome. I, I love, I love this guy. That this, this man is just, I not, 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 not just for what future comes. Just already here, he's like, 
Really? I don't know. I always just... <laughs> he comes on screen and I, I know I'll just enjoy whatever will come next. Honestly, I agree. I just think he's... Yeah, I think he's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> good. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about the last character, Nao Hayasaka. Oh, her name's Nao. Like, she has the same deadpan expression. You instantly see, like, where Hayasaka got a lot of her mannerisms from, especially her, totally. sadist her sadistic tendencies towards teasing others. Yes, I was I was actually about to say that as well, how yeah. her mother has, like, the same kind of, like, she gets the same kind of kicks out of just pushing Kaguya's buttons, basically. Mm -hmm. It was just, like, just kind of challenging Kaguya. Uh, I thought that was really, really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't have much else. No, that, that's that's all I had to say. I like how she she goes along with the joke, even if it is absurd. But it <laughs> it's yeah, it's pretty great. She's kind of playful in that way. Yeah. So let's move on to the comedy discussion. Ishigami's disappointed face when it, it's just a side like a side thing. But he tries to explain to Kage why Discord is better, and she's like, "What? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just like hurt and yeah. but also disappointed." I, I love that. I, you know, it was, it was a real gamer moment, and I and I felt that. <laughs> yeah, dude, absolutely. True bro gamer moments. Oh, my moments. God. My, my, my favorite comedy chapter was the um, the chapter about the, well, the, the Otaku chapter was my favorite yeah. chapter fr from a co com comedic standpoint, where there were yeah. two, two parts that I have to, you know, shed light on that were just hilarious like I just I was laughing. I'm, my 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 neighbors could probably hear me laughing through the walls. Like it was I, I was laughing so loudly. Uh, first, when Chike is kind of criticizing Moi anime without realizing she is basically that. <laughs> that, was, that was great. But what like really like just finished that off with like the biggest laughter I had all week or all month. I, anyway, I laughed a lot. Uh, was when Miyuki just loses it and just goes crazy and accuses everyone of being yeah. an otaku. Like, you're an otaku! Yeah, you're an otaku! Yeah. You're an otaku! <laughs> oh, that was so, so, so uncalled for and I just loved it. <laughs> Deep down, we're all talking hard. Sometimes the best defense is, is attack. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. He oh went the, on the offensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of, of course, in comedy, the, the, the whole volume starting up with the phone chapter, that was also comedic, really, really just good of her, like, mm -hmm. not knowing what's going on. Hayasaka just, like, looking down on her, like, okay, let's see what's going to happen here. And it's it's slowly playing out. I know I don't know why, but I felt like this whole first chapter, I know, I, I, it, it just was because maybe it's such a concept that, I'm familiar with where it's like this whole read concept and like trying maybe sometimes trying to avoid that read uh, read notification. I don't know this whole like tiptoeing around it. Yeah, it, it felt so close. I had to laugh about the stupidity of it because I just know it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it's it's relatable in a in a some sometimes a little bit of an embarrassing way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My favorite line from Shirogane Dad is. How about as your father-in-law? And and Kaguya's like, please stop talking. When Kaguya says that, it's like I felt that, I felt that. Uh, <laughs> that that, yeah. that made me laugh a lot. <laughs> nice. My last thing on comedy is from the rapping part, where, well, first of all, Miyuki is wearing the slave driver's headband, uh, <laughs> which was well, we we talked about how yeah the roles were well they they were teaching each other and so it was fun to see him wearing the headband, but also uh, one part where Chica just kind of had, had just learned how to rap and she just disses Miyuki so hard. And, <laughs> af and after yeah. she's done dissing him, 
like hardcore. All all he says is cool. Like cool. And, and and it was like it was like a legit cool too. Like he was like he he was he was impressed. He he didn't yeah. take yeah. any of those insults. Like he was just like what a yeah, champ. Cool. <laughs> I like that a lot. So good. <laughs> Chica was really funny this volume as she as she is a, a lot of the time, but yeah. she had some really great moments uh, that with the nosebleed and whatnot. Um, totally, I, I can't wait to hear this rapping in the anime. Oh god, yes. Oh god, oh my god. That should be that should be fun. That's one of the main things that I'm super excited for. <laughs> Anything more, or should we move on to the final bit? I think for me the final bit it could be. Lovely. Then let us talk about the romance. And let us start by talking about the sleepover video call. Oh, yeah. Oh, I oh. think. <laughs> Chica and Kate team up to get Miyuki to fess up. I thought that was a, a, a romantic, like, almost get, get a confession kind of thing. Yeah. You know, granted, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't going to happen there. But um, we kind of had two of those, th- this, this volume with the mm-hmm. first chapter and then mm. this one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're teases, but I don't know, they're, they're still kind of thrilling romantic moments i think for sure so just one last thing it's, it's a silly thing well i know james likes shipping uh, <laughs> so i'm gonna try i'm gonna try to do some shipping with you here you're going on sailing here okay yes so a couple volumes back when daddy shirogane was first introduced into the story james tried to find to think of someone that he could ship with him oh no back then oh, no. the only the, back then his best idea was was Chica's older sister, which obviously we all agree. It was is. a joke. I know, I know, of. I know, I know, I know. But <laughs> which I mean, obviously it's it's funny. Uh, but uh, however, now I was thinking, hmm, what if mommy Hayasaka is single? <laughs> Dude, I mean, yes, it never, I never, it, the thought never crossed my mind. That's that's why I'm laughing. It, it, they just... even they even act as like as a couple sort of at the end of this oh volume. You know. Especially how well she played off of him, it right? may not be a bad it idea. It just, it just depends on what her yeah her 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 relationship status is. Right, and it, exactly, it really depends on that. And obviously, we have zero stuff to go on. But just like if we're thinking of possible candidates for for him, like mm-hmm. romance for him, then I think maybe her and and, and especially like the, the fact that they kind of they they were basically acting as if they were a couple in at the very end of this volume and. Maybe you know it would it would be kind of funny if that actually maybe became yeah. a storyline later on. Uh, that would be pretty funny. <laughs> uh, and this, this this is definitely not anything that I thought of before. Like when I read it the first time, never never thought of that because I don't usually think of shipping that much. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but J- James has kind of uh, made me do it more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean you, you may you may have built this ship for for James, but goddamn, I'm sailing it. Yes, <laughs> we're all we're all on it. I think maybe, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, I I I can get on that. I mean, I I think, I hope I hope there is more interaction between those two because they made a good duo. Right, totally. We were at a point in the teen in the teenage high school romance comedy where we're shipping the parents. Okay. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> oh yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's. I love that. I love that. <laughs> All right, then. Good stuff. Good stuff. I think that covers everything. Yes, it does, I guess. Right? Yes. Yes, it does. So I'll, I'll ask you first, James. Favorite character or characters at this point in the story? So favorite favorite character is still Ishigami. Nice. And then Kaguya. Chika, Chika I think, 
is behind Miyuki. Um, Miyuki's just such a good guy. I can't, yeah. But but I think Chika was strengthened herself, um, so she's ahead of Miko in my book. So those are my top five. Cool, cool. And while I know that Hayasaka is your favorite, Lucas. Yeah, I, I, I just mentioned earlier, <laughs> Hayasaka is my favorite. Uh, Daddy comes closely on second place. I love the fact that he's so high up your list. <laughs> it's beautiful. And I have to say, it, it it doesn't change if you would ask me for volume 11 or like chapter 218 where I am. Mm. It wouldn't change right now that it really would be for me uh, Hayasaka, Daddy, Kaguya. Like those are the top three for me. Nice. For nice. like four and five, I wouldn't know right now. I think uh, Tsundere Senpai I also really like a lot. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, for fifth, I would probably would have to think more, but yeah, just the comedic thing of Daddy and uh, especially the characteriz characterization of Kaguya and Hayasaka. I mean, they're pretty close to each other, so of course, both of them like, will find their spot in my top three. <laughs> lovely, lovely. And, and for me, I still, with this volume, I still have you and Miko tied for my first spot. Mm -hmm. And Kaguya probably remains in the third spot. Gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, something like that. And, yeah, thank you for joining us on this uh, discussion, Lucas. And um, if you listening to this enjoy our content, you can follow us on Twitter at Umami Manga. And if you like this episode, please share it around with anyone you think might enjoy it as well. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time, where we'll talk about Volume 12. Bye-bye! See ya! Bye-bye!